Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. Excited to be with you on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. And we're turning the page, man. We're sick of talking about that loss on Sunday. We've covered it. Go back, listen to the post-game podcast. Uh, listen to uh, us to uh, detail the loss of the Saints, the refs, all of it. We talk about all of it. Uh, and we talked about it again on Monday. Had yesterday off to recover and recuperate uh, from that loss. And now we are ready to turn the page. Not to the offseason? Yes, to the offseason. Because it's the bye week. And we're going to take a look at a bunch of Bucks free agents. Oh boy, we got a lot of spots here all of a sudden. Um, uh, we're going to take a look at some Bucks free agents that are coming up this year. The 2022 offseason is going to have a ton of Bucks free agents. We're going to look at them. We're going to give our opinions, uh, go around the table as, as uh, Pewter Report staff and give our opinions on what we think is going to happen uh, and what we think is going to happen with each of these free agents um, and just kind of offer our opinions. And then tomorrow we're going to have Brad Spielberger from PFF on. He's going to give us the expert opinion and analysis, so we're excited for that. And, of course, gentlemen, it's all brought to you, uh, as always, by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. We're all rocking our Celsius. You got the orange sickle there, Scott? I still do. Yeah, I'm hooked on it. It's it's gone from top five to top three for me. So it's okay. it's um I have you know orange orange sickle. They're they're right up there with me. Yeah, easily top three for me as well. well the bre- best thing about Celsius, you got a ton of different flavors with Celsius, and they're all awesome. Uh, you know, the, the, you can see the link down below there. Celsius.com will allow you to use the store locator, find out where they are near you, and purchase some. But one well, of the best energy drink out there, to be honest with you, no sugar, essential energy, it accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. Uh, it's kind of everything you could ask for in an energy drink. It's good for you. There's no crash afterward. Uh, gives you that good healthy energy, that good healthy boost, and the flavor, the taste is unbelievable as well. So make sure you check out Celsius, check out all the flavors that they have. You can click on the banner ads at pewterreport.com or go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save option, get them sent to you on the regular uh, with Celsius. Good, good stuff from our people over at Celsius. We're going around the Pewter Report staff today uh, and we're getting everybody's kind of opinions and thoughts on this upcoming free agent class. Scott, I am going to actually try and go through JC and Casey first and then get to you and Matt later in the show Let's to try it. and get everybody through here uh, because we I want to get everybody's thoughts on this and JC and Casey got to run after the first half hour or so. So I'm going to I'm going to pop you off here and we'll get Casey on and we'll get her opinion on some of these uh, free agents that are coming up uh, with the Bucks class. Let's start with the one and only Chris Godwin, obviously, who is going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason. Bucks fans have, probably have a lot of opinions about whether this is going to be a re-signing or not. Uh, they franchise tagged Chris Godwin, obviously, couldn't come to an agreement on a long-term deal. We saw the wide receiver market was really pretty bad <laughs> this past offseason. Guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Kenny Galladay could not uh, get an opportunity to get the kind of money that they wanted in the offseason. Galladay eventually did, but I think the Giants were paying against themselves there, and now they're probably regretting that quite a bit. JC, let's start with you here in the show, and let's talk about Chris Godwin. we got to go kind of rapid fire because we got a lot of players to get through today. But Chris Godwin, do you think he is back with the Buccaneers, and what do you think happens? Is it another tag? Is it a long-term, probably a long-term contract if they if they re-sign him? What are your thoughts on that one? 
yeah, I think they tag him and then long term, and then they'll come to an agreement, the long term deal. Uh, you know. Oh, look, so you think he? You think he's the the frag? You, you, the tag? You think they use him that tag on him? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> looking at looking at who's available, uh, and we'll get into that. I think he's the most likely candidate to tag. Um, you know, you give him that that double bump, but. Also, I, I just think that Chris and, Mar- and Mariah, his wife, don't really want to go anywhere else. I mean, they're, they're they played at Pitt. They're from Delaware. They've said multiple times that they'd like to go to stay in a warm weather climate. And we start looking around the league and looking around what teams could use wide receivers that are in a warm weather climate. There's really not many. I mean, uh, both L.A. teams have good, strong wide receiving core. Dallas, no one's going to Houston. No one's going to Miami. No one's going to Jacksonville. Atlanta, is that warm weather kind of ish? They got they got Calvin Ridley kind of, not really. So, I mean, it's really just leaves Tampa Bay. And I don't think they do a lot for the community. I don't think they want to leave. So, I think they come to a reasonable uh, agreement and, and he sticks around for the long term. Interesting. Okay. So, you think they tag him, then sign a long term deal with him? I think they're going to have to tag him. Yeah, I, you don't I, think I just, they'll reach a deal with him before the tag? They, they could. They could, but. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think they end up tagging them. First. Okay, all right. So that's where you're using the franchise tag. Casey, what do you think? Are they tagging them? Yeah. Are they re-signing them? What's going to happen with Chris Godwin? Uh, re-sign. I think that these conversations started last season, honestly, and because of his production rate and just kind of looking at some of the guys that are going to probably end up leaving and that rebuild phase that they're going to inevitably be looking at within the next year or two, you want to – you want to make sure you lock down a guy like Chris Godwin without any issues, without any mistrust, without any insecurity. So – I think that they find a deal, come to a deal, lock them in for the next couple of years and move forward. Plus that tag can probably go elsewhere with, I think what they have 20 unrestricted free agents heading into 2022. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And realistically, if you look at some of the guys that are on that list, there's going to have to be a lot of negotiations or a lot of pay reductions or people just kind of saying, Hey, I want to be a Buccaneer. That's the end of it. Pay me whatever. So I think they definitely have what it takes to keep Chris Godwin happy and, and lock in a deal. Cause they're saying that he's in the conversations of the top 10 receivers in the NFL. You don't want that to slip through your fingers because franchise tags almost kind of mean like, Hey, we're not sure. But then you kind of put all the chips on it at, at the end. So I right. feel like it causes a lot of negotiation problems or, just rift for no reason. Yeah, it can be difficult uh, to start that point. Uh, we've seen it get done before, but it, it will be interesting to see what they do, especially the second year in a row applying mm-hmm. the tag. That the price is going to be would be steeper in that case too. Obviously, if they reach a deal, that that won't matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, it can be difficult with the negotiation process when they don't let him hit the market at all. So we'll see yeah. what happens with that one. Um, in the ball just- season too, like he's a twelve to fourteen million dollar wide receiver. So those kind of things like franchise tags can either kind of dismiss people's initial value or kind of hijack it, which they can't afford to do that. Like they have too many guys that they probably have to get in or, or move elsewhere to be screwing with the capital. Yeah. I that's think if, Go ahead, JC. I was just saying, I just think if you're Godwin, it makes more financial sense to start that bar right there and to not sign an agreement, get franchise tag. It gives you that automatic pay bump for going in the second year in a row and looking at the other free agents, which we'll get into. I just don't see anyone else worthy of a tag, uh, worthy of that type of money. Uh, you mm. know, I, I mean, I don't know if you want me to spoil some of the guys' names. No, we'll but- go, we'll go to them next. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to hear you unpack that a little bit more when we move to other guys next. I will say this yeah. about Godwin, what his contract is going to be. That's going to be a big negotiating point because if you would ask me last year, I would have said 18, 19 million a year. That's what he's probably looking at, you know, 17 yeah. to 19, somewhere in that range. Then he gets the tag and other guys on the market don't really see the bump. And he's obviously had the, the, the injuries from last year and he didn't have a thousand yard year last year. Maybe that contributed, mm-hmm. 
But right now he's playing on the tag, and honestly, if he keeps up this pace, I mean, he's leading the team in receiving yards right now. He's having a great season. He does everything well. Uh, I don't see any way that they pay him. Like he's not, he might not get to the Hopkins twenty-seven mil a year type of. That was a weird short deal anyway. Or the Julio Jones twenty-two and Julio signed that. But you, I mean, twenty a year for Keenan Allen, twenty a year for Amari Cooper, nineteen for Michael Thomas. That's around, the range man. he's in. I think he's in the nineteen to twenty mil per. How they structure it, we'll see. But that's how I see the situation with Gallman pan out. But uh, okay, so both of you think he's back one way or another. I, I, I like it. Good place to start the conversation, I think, there. I uh, will give my thoughts here in a little bit, but definitely um, interesting thoughts from both of you on that one. Okay, let's talk about another guy who I think uh, you know has a chance to be, I don't know, maybe in that tag conversation that you're talking about. Uh, and uh, it's this guy right here, Carlton Davis, uh, I think uh, could be in that tag conversation. We'll see. Casey, we'll go back to you for this one. Carlton Davis, what happens with the Bucks' top corner this offseason? He is a free agent. He will have missed – Let's see. Week four, he got hurt. He's going to miss. Maybe he's back for the Washington game. He has not been. His practice window hasn't opened up yet. So, yeah, he might miss half the season or at least a third of the season. And so what what do you think happens with Carlton Davis? This one was a bit of a toughie for me, but I do actually think that they'll make more of an effort to keep him in Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. he's a favorite of that staff. You can just kind of tell when it comes down to – you know, certain plays and certain game calls that they, they do rely heavily on Carlton Davis. They do have a lot of faith in him and stepping up and becoming more of a leader of this team and securing a spot. And because of how long he's been here, like you don't want to bring certain young guys in and just kind of toss them out when, when the time comes. So from between that, and they also have some other people on defense, they have to reevaluate. I think Carlton Davis is more of a shoe in. The only issue is like you said, he's dealing with the injuries. Now we're not hundred percent when he's coming back. Then at the like playoffs last season, I think he was out with another injury. So he's kind of been a little injury prone the last two seasons, um, but he's helped the team a lot in that position. So I think yeah. they'll, they'll try to keep keep him here, keep him back. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good point there. Carlton Davis, this injury situation could, in a weird way, work in the Bucks' favor and that he didn't have maybe enough season. We'll see how it finishes off, obviously, if he right. has like a bunch of years, a, a bunch of interceptions to close the year. Maybe his profile gets raised. But yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know what he's going to command in the open market. JC, what do you how do you feel about Carlton Davis? Yeah, so to me, you talk about the franchise tag with Carlton Davis and the amount of games he he could miss with injury. Obviously, he looked like one of the top cornerbacks in the league uh, before the injury, and and he's shown that he can handle uh, any really top wide receiver there is. He's he's done it to Julio. He's done it to Hopkins. He's done it to Adams. Uh, but is he worth seventeen million dollars a year? Is he a seventeen million dollar corner? And that's what the projected franchise tag is. Now, we just talked about Chris Godwin and saying he's probably a $19 million a year wide receiver, which, again, is what the projected 2022 franchise tag is. So I have no qualms about tagging him and paying him 19 I do have some issues about tagging a guy like Carlton Davis and paying him $17 million a year when, yes, he's put together some good things, but has he reached? Is he an elite corner? Has he reached? And I'm, I'm super high on Carlton Davis. I think he's one of the best corners in the game. But has he reached that plateau where he's getting that 17, 18, 19 million dollars as a corner? And I think you can get him for less. I think you could get him for this year's franchise tag, which was 15. I think you can get him for probably less than that, 12, uh, maybe 13. So that's where my discrepancy is comes with Carlton Davis in the tag. Although I really do think they want to keep him around, even though I think, you know, it was unfortunate to have Sean Murphy Bunting go down because I couldn't really see what they had in him. 
from the uh-huh. get for a full season. And that really kind of, I think, throws a wrench in the Carlton Davis plans. I think they always want to keep him at a certain number, but, you know, knowing that they had Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean and they took the steps forward, they, they would have something to fall back on. Obviously, they did a good job, a pretty good job at drafting secondary uh, in recent drafts. So, you know, that's uh, that's where I'm at with Carlton Davis. Love to have him back. Love to have him back more at that 12 to 13, maybe $14 million range other than the 17. Yeah, no, uh, the discussion about Carlton Davis is going to get more fascinating if he comes back this year or if he misses some more time and he comes back and only plays a handful of games this year and isn't, you know, statistically a standout um, or anything. I don't know where we're going to fall in the conversation on him because he it gets it gets tricky. Um, you know, he he his contract right now, I, I don't know whether it's going to end up being, you know, like you said, you could set the tag right there, but. You know, if they were able to reach a contract with him, I think it could be average per year, lower, much a decent bit lower than the tag. I mean, yeah. him falling somewhere in the Xavier and Howard restructure range, Darius Slay, Byron, 15 to 16 mil a year wouldn't surprise me. And if he comes back and doesn't do anything that significant, I don't know. I mean, James Bradbury just got 14 and a half the other year. That sounds year. about I mean, right. That sounds yeah. about where he should be. And so this one to me is more likely maybe the tag and, and then you – figure out how to sign him um because i think there is that ability to negotiate down with him a little bit yes. where godwin and i <laughs> so i'm not sure he might be offended by the tag just because i think he can he's gonna i be don't a big think so though guy. I, I think I, some I think players do take franchise tags offensively though it's just he might not be offended i don't know what I, ju- I just think that both of these players love tampa love playing here and they'll both take a little bit less to stay here i'm not saying a huge i think that's a lot of players though i do agree but I, I don't, you know, I don't think if I had to choose between a $19 million tag on Godwin and a 17 on Carlton Davis, I, I know I'm going to pay Godwin 19. I don't know if I want to start the negotiations at 17 because you got to look right. at the, the three year window, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. If I tag you this first year, I tag you the second year, I tag you this third year. Agents are going to say, hey, this is what I want over the first three years of this contract, because if you were to tag in the first three years, this is what he would make. And that gets a little more slippery with a Carlton Davis than I think it does with a Chris Godwin. And certainly the next guy. Certainly the next guy. No way. No way. <laughs> Ryan Jensen. Is that the next Ryan. guy you're thinking? <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Jensen, free agent. He will be 31 this spring after free agency. He'll be 30 when he hits free agency this spring before next season. He'll be 31. He has been very durable over the course of his career, knock on wood. But uh, this is probably, we'll see, maybe people in the chat have a difference of opinion on this one. But I would say he's probably up there with their next biggest free agent, probably. Most people agree Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, top of the list. Jensen has been a culture changer. He's been a huge boost to the offensive line. Tom Brady has always valued the, the center role. I think wherever he's gone, he's made sure that they have good players there. It is some a play, position that might be more replaceable than a star wide receiver and certainly than a top corner. Um, but at the same time, he means a lot to the city, and maybe he could be a guy that plays two more years and finishes it out in Tampa Bay, or does he want a four-year deal? There's a lot of – Jensen's at that age, that weird age gap where you're, oh, he's been durable and he still could maybe get one more big deal, uh, might be on a bad team, a team with a lot of money to throw at him that isn't necessarily good. What does he want in his career? That could be a tricky part of this. Um, does he want to go somewhere that wants to run the ball a ton and mash people up? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, JC, let's go to you first on this one. What happens with Ryan Jensen? Is he back in Tampa Bay or does he move on to another location? I'll tell you what, he's not back on a $16 million franchise tag. That's for sure. Even if it was <laughs> That is year, for first, sure, yeah. yeah. The center tag is not $16 million, is it? It is an all-interior line, and it's at, thank Joe Tooney for that because it's now it's up to $16 oh million. Oh, my 
16.6 projected next year for the franchise, 14.9 for the for the uh, transition last year. All, uh, it was, yes, yes. So that is, is insane. Oh, I mean, there isn't even a there isn't a center in the league making 16 million a year right no. now. So that's so, that doesn't I, make I, any sense. To and, me. and you explain Jensen to a T. You know, gritness, toughness, being able to kind of turn it around and and still bring that without the penalties that he first brought when he came to Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I I love Jensen on the field. I, I love him off the field. I think he's a great player. He's a great um, uh, leader. He's you know, but I they drafted Robert Hainsey for a reason, and they converted him to a center for a reason. And I think of, of of the two big offensive linemen they have, I think one of them you can get for cheaper than the other one. Yeah. Um, with with Ryan Jensen, you know, I think if he comes back to Tampa, you're probably looking at two years, twenty two million, a slight raise, a million dollar raise, two years, like you said. Yeah. It also depends on if they win the Super Bowl again. Where is he? Because you're right. He's in that weird thing. If he goes elsewhere, I see him landing up probably a deal for, you know, three years, 30, 36, three years, 38, something like that, just because of his age. Um, you know, and, and he could definitely cash in, I think, make more, more money elsewhere. But mm. it, it really depends on, on these next this next grouping of guys and how much they can get them back and what they're paying them before they bring a guy like Brian Jensen, because I think you drafted his replacement um this this past year depending on his progression and robert hainsey so so you say jensen is not back i'm not saying he's not back i'm saying there's other guys who might not be the big three that i would prefer to bring back before spending that money on jensen okay all right depending so on how you do deals salary yeah. cap obviously i don't disagree with you i don't years. disagree with you yeah i don't disagree with you although i think yeah. he's very important but i do Okay, so yeah, that's your philosophy behind it. Now, what do you say? Is he back or is he not? No offense, Ryden. You yes, got it. You got to make a I, prediction. I, I, this isn't what you would do. This isn't what you would do. This is what you think. Well, this is a prediction. Uh, I, I think he's probably. I think he's probably gone. But it also depends okay. on the other guy and how much he prices himself out. Because I think Robert Hainsey's position flexibility to play guard as well could allow you to keep one over the other. It's going to be diff- difficult decision either way between those two guys so uh okay. he could be back he could be good i can't I, I can't make a clear definition okay Sorry. so you think Sorry. you think he's Sorry. you think he's you think he's probably <laughs> gone but you admit that it's a tough one i agree with you it's a tough one uh casey what do you think about ryan jensen i think he stays i think the biggest factor on whether he stays or whether he goes is how this season ends because i think tom brady's a guy of repetition and consistency and he knows he can count on that offensive line he's going to want as many of those guys back as possible. Mm-hmm. And if they finish off and they end up going back to the Super Bowl and getting a W, okay, then, you know, restructuring some positions, losing some guys, rebuilding that chemistry in the offseason is one thing. But if you fall a little short and you want that opportunity to go hard for another run, then that's going to change who you are, you know, okay with losing, who you're okay with rebuilding with. So I think Jensen is too much of a key asset. I mean, to play nearly every game, I think last season he only had four penalties. This season he's doing much better. A lot of these guys, especially the whole offensive line, have stepped up so much since Brady came in to the pockets. So I say um, Jensen stays. Okay, all right. Ryan Jensen back in the fold for Casey. I like it. Good reasoning by both of you on that one. We're going to go a little more rapid-fire style through the rest of these free agents, okay? So bear with me as we run through. But first, I got to let the people know where they can get a little bit of money in their pocket. It's over with our friends at underdogfantasy.com. You can talk about pick'em games over there. They're pick'em games. I'm enthralled with them. I love them. On underdog, you can select over or under on player stat lines, get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. 
get a pick five correct, and you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. 20 times the amount of money just for getting a pick five correct. Or go for the pick two, man. Double it up. It's great. Uh, it's a lot of fun, too. The NBA player over under stat lines are fun if you're into that. They've got NHL on there. Obviously, tons of NFL player prop bets on there as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Build the pick'em slip in seconds. They're going to give you, give you a free $10 when you sign up then make your first deposit. So download the Underdog Fantasy app, sign up with that promo code Pewter, and get your free $10 today. If you go over to Underdog Fantasy, you can see a bunch of the tournaments they have right up there on the main page. You can jump in those. Chance to win a ton of money for very little entry fee. And like I said, they give you the $10 when you sign up today. So make sure you jump in there, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and do that today. All right, let's go. JC, you first on this one. Oh, wait, no, Casey first on this one. Alex Kappa, Casey, starting right guard for the Bucks, going to be a free agent. This is his first chance to get paid. He was a third-round pick, so he's looking for that cheese. What happens with Alex Kappa? Aye, aye, aye. Well, okay, if they if they had to lose anyone, I think it's okay for them to lose Kappa. I know that he's been a significant part of that line. He didn't start off as hot as everyone kind of assumed that he would coming out of college. His first two seasons were a bit shaky. Mm-hmm. But last season, you know, kind of like I mentioned before with the Jensen thing, the whole O-line stepped up, and so did he. He had, I think, only one penalty the entire season last year. So – for Kappa, I think he's a little bit more replaceable just because, you know, you don't know if he's going to continue to progress or if he's going to continue to hold off at this high level, higher level that he is playing at. I don't see it as a complete sense of urgency to keep him here either. So I would say that if anyone's going to go first, it would be Kappa. Okay. Alex yeah. Kappa gone. JC, what do you think? For me, it's whoever prices themselves out. If Kappa prices himself out, which I think he probably will, I think you keep Jensen, Robert Haynes. You can play. You can play him at guard. Um, you also got guys like Sidarius Hutchinson, John Mulchin, Nick Lavrett, all waiting in the wings. You could draft a guy. Uh, you could bring back Aaron Stinney, who's also a free agent. So, you know, it, it depends on, on price, obviously, for for all these decisions. But if if Kappa prices himself out too high. And you can bring back Jensen. I think that that's the move. And, and you say, Stinney, you're just going to be playing a guard instead of center. There's no way Kappa costs as much as Jensen does. I think we probably all agree on that. But term mm-hmm. will be a big indicator. Does Jensen want a four-year deal? He'll be 31 next season. Does he want a four-year deal? Is that what he's looking for? And maybe the, the fourth year is not really that much guaranteed. So a team could get out of it even three years. Or you know, Kappa obviously is going to be looking for a four or five-year let's because of his age. That's what he'll want. But, or, you know, I mean – Matt Filer, like the Chargers signed him last year. You know, he's older than Kappa, but I think that's pretty much where, I mean, you might be looking at like $7 million per year for Alex Kappa. I don't think he's going to be a $10 million a year player. Um, so money-wise, it's doable. It's just who else do you want to resign and where do you fall on the priority list, I think. Okay, let's yeah. keep rolling through the list here. Casey, Jason, Pierre, Paul, going to be 30, 30, 33, 30, I believe, three. next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and let's be honest, the guy's health. Uh, <laughs> yikes. A lot of uh, what, what happens with JPP? Um, I 100% think JPP is coming back um, for multiple reasons. Regardless of the injuries, he's just such an elite player. I mean, to be out there with a, the thing on his hand, to still be getting involved mm-hmm. in plays. But even aside from what he does as a player on the field, it's his leadership. Top of the season, we saw him go out from injury, and you just saw the entire energy of that defense come to a standstill. He's a leader on the field. He's a leader in that locker room. He energizes those players. I think losing a presence like his 
this upcoming season would be a bit of a mistake. And you know that he wants to be a Buccaneer. I mean, he's not the kind of guy who's going to play for five, six, seven teams, maybe even three, four, five teams. So I would see him coming back. I would see him kind of, you know, not asking for a lot to stay in Tampa, but obviously enough to show his worth of what he does on the field. And he's a good coach and a good guy to start coaching up Joe Tryon in the right direction. So he can start solidifying that spot when it is time to have real conversations about JPP exiting. So I definitely don't see them getting rid of Jason Pierre Paul. Okay. Jason JPP is back. JC, you agree? JPP is too prideful. You know, he's way too prideful to take a back back seat. And that's what he's gonna have to do to a guy like JTS because the time is now uh, for JTS to start getting more snaps. You wrote about it. Uh, Bruce Arian said he wants to see it. I'm sure they're gonna have a meeting about getting JTS more involved. Uh, Joe Tryon is the future at that position. And, and let's face it too, Jason Pierre-Paul's making 13 and a half million this year. He's not gonna come back for half of that, which would be, let's just quick math, 6 million. I don't see JPP taking a prideful swallow of taking six mil, six and a half million and also a backup role to JTS. Just don't see it mm-hmm. happening. You move on. JTS is the future. Bye, JPP. Thank you for your contributions. All right. Well, JC, he said, get him out the door. He said, get him out the door. All right. Brian Shaw brings up a good point here. Does Devin White get re-signed if he continues playing the way he has? Good news, Brian Shaw. We have two and a half years to keep yeah. figuring this out. So we'll <laughs> definitely pick up the option. They got the rest of this year. They got next year on the rookie deal. They got to pick up the option. 50 and that's not going to be too expensive. So we got plenty of time to figure out before we have to answer that question about Devin White. So good try trying to trip me up, trying to take this clip and put it on Twitter and tag Devin White so he can block me again. But no, no, I'm not going to answer that question right now. I plead the fifth, Brian Shaw. Thank you. You really almost got baited into that one. That's Almost, sure. but not quite. Uh, Will Golson and Indomitian Sue. Let's do a double whammy here. What happens with Will Golson and Indomitian Sue this offseason, JC? Uh, Will Golson, I think you bring him back. He's had a great season so far, uh, really getting after the quarterback a lot more. Uh, and I don't think he's going to cost you as much. His contract is still one of the best contracts for a defensive end that produces like he does in an underrated role. Uh, I think he comes back. And Sue, look, Sue's already given out investment advice, financial advice. He's he's ready to hang. I mean, he came back for a world tour. Everyone was coming back. Victory, let's, he's going to retire. Spend time with those two adorable kids he has and, and start doing some more investments with, uh, what's that dude's name with all the money? I forget, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett. They'll be, be, be hanging out at Margaritaville with Jimmy Buffett making an investment. So he. He's done, but Will Golson, you bring him back two, three years, depending on the contract, uh, how you structure it. But he's definitely back. I think you bring him. You can't lose everyone on that on that D line. Casey, you agree? I agree. I couldn't have said it any better. I think right. Sue's gearing up towards retirement. He's got the two cute new kids. He's got investments. He's got businesses in Oregon, Portland, wherever he's from. He's set to to you know fade out very easily, very happily. Yeah. So. Yeah. What yeah, happens probably. What happens with the running back situation, Casey? Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, all free agents. How do you see it playing out with those three? What happens or what does Casey want to happen? This Let's go. Weird. What does Casey want to happen and then what will happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What Casey wants to happen is bye-bye, Rojo. Um, you're going to have to probably get rid of Gio Bernard. Honestly, bye, Rojo. Bye, Gio. Even though I like Bernard, I think he can be a huge mm-hmm. asset to the team. He's you know, performed every time that he's put in, even in the small role that he is given. The thing is, the Bucks need to draft a proper running back. They really have to go for a guy who's going to give them the next four to six years of his of his prime, of his peak, and be able to perform. It's Rojo's running back style that I don't love. It's his lack, you know, lack of consistency that I don't love. So what Casey would like is leave Lenny, 
pay him because he's going to ask for more money. I mean, he was mm-hmm. almost out the door last season, even with a Super Bowl ring. So yeah, you got 3.25 last offseason. Yeah. Game. So you're going to have to pay Leonard Fournette. And I think that you take the risk and find a quality running back in the draft. What will probably end up happening, no matter what happens, Bruce Arians has this love of like this coddle situation for Ronald Jones. I just, I don't know if I personally can see him. Is that your Ronald Jones, JC? Um, <laughs> He's excited about Rojo. Clearly. I don't Only see Bruce Arians giving up on him because, you know, game after game, he still speaks very well. Although he did do that with Jameis Winston. And then the minute that a better opportunity came about, they did what was right for the team. So I don't see Rojo coming back if, there's no over loyalty there to keeping him here. I think that they pay Leonard Fournette because he's still pretty young. He's 26 years old. He's doing well. He's probably only going to do that much better once he feels more secure with the team and they need to draft a running back. All right. Rojo five years, 60 million long lost Glazer says he wants to bring no. Rojo back at 12 mil per Please. Pay the man him his money. This is this is where the franchise tag goes if it's not Godwin. Uh, right there, you go, there you go. No. By the way, the good thing about this one, running backs, just not that expensive. So I mean, you know, even if Leonard gets a pay bump, five to six mil a year, you know, which I mean, it's expensive when you're trying to re-sign everybody else. It mm-hmm. in, in a vacuum, it's not. And Rojo, you know, he's probably looking at a one-year prove-it deal unless something changes and he can, you know, show progress in some area. He's probably not looking at a big deal, even as young as he is, by the way. But Rojo's 24 years old. JC, what clarification, do you I don't yeah. not like Gio Bernard. I think he does very well. I would love for Gio Bernard to return and have yeah. a larger role with the team. But realistically, between his contract and who they need to bring in here and thinking long-term, I don't know. Okay, so JC, think- you want them all? Wipe, wipe them all out. See you later. <laughs> Get out of here, Rojo. Get out of here, Gio. Get out Jeez. of here, Leonard Fournette. Thank you for your contributions or lack thereof. Get out of here. No we'll running backs at all. No, we don't need <laughs> start. Gio, you've been great. We'll scat guy. Five five receivers the whole time, huh? No, we'll bring in running. You just bring in running backs. You draft. I think, I think you draft one. I think you're looking at defensive tackle. I think you're looking at secondary. I think you're looking at running back. Those first three picks. That's right, probably Chris Godwin, the running back. Got it. That's where, hey, he's been great so far this year. Scored a touchdown, right? So I know. No, I, I I think that yeah, I think you can move on from all three of those guys and, and okay, find other wow. people. Maybe Leonard Fournette. Maybe if he comes back at three and a half, maybe four million. That's it. Everyone else is gone. See you later. Wow. So Thank Lenny's you. not even getting a pay bump. Jeez. Not much. Tough world out here. Half a million. Tough, tough world out here. All right. Uh, OJ <laughs> Howard, Rob Gronkowski, both free agent tight ends. They're also the looming. I mean, Cam Brady's under contract for one more year. I don't know if you know what his contract is at this point. It's been restructured so many times. OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski, what happens with these guys? Gronk want to play another year? What goes oh. on with OJ? What, Gronk, what happens uh, in your opinion, JC? Gronk retires. He's, uh, he's already facing back spasms, had back injuries throughout his career, a punctured lung, ribs. Uh, I'm sure he might be a little miffed of having to go back in that Rams game. We haven't been able to talk to him to ask him. Uh, I'm you know, sure what, he was what, not miffed. I <laughs> just like to clear, just because he wanted to go in the freaking. That's why he was playing in the Saints game. He couldn't even. He no, looked terrible. Come on, Bruce said he's so. Bruce said he's couldn't keep him off the field. He was trying to get out there. I don't think okay. he was miffed about the Rams game. Nobody made him go back in except himself. But yeah. your point about his health and at this point in his age or in his career is a good one though because that matters in this. Yeah, back spasms, you know, back injuries. I think he's, I think he's done, and I think that OJ Howard uh, is probably the guy who's going to stay in Kansas City or somewhere else where they need a tight end. Not in Tampa Bay, though. He's out of here too. See you later. Okay. We'll find another All tight right. end somewhere. We'll draft. Okay. Him. All right. <laughs> so no tight ends, no running backs. Break. 
JC is uh, gonna run the five wide receiver show. Yeah. I got it. We got like Cam Bright and Keyshawn Vaughn. We're the good. Entire offense. All right. Screw these guys. All right, let's talk about a wide receiver then. Antonio Brown. I'm assuming you want him back then, JC, if you're gonna run five wide receiver all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends. Uh, I think Antonio Brown, obviously, health has been already an issue this season, but it, it really depends on where his mindset is and what he wants to do, right? And how long Tom Brady's going to play. Do they sign him for another one year deal? I think he's been playing, and we can all agree he's been playing when he's been healthy. Outstanding lights out, almost like the AB of old, except for that drop catch in New England. Um, but I think, you know, he could maybe parlay this into a deal somewhere else where he could get a, a, a pay raise in a couple of years on it potentially yeah uh, <laughs> but uh no i think he, he probably comes back uh slight bump up and you're looking at running those three wide receivers cam Braden, and Keyshawn vaughn that's your offense boom all right hezo says jc trying to take us back to the 2009 box <laughs> why getting rid of a an aging injured oh my word he's acting like grok and these guys aren't playing well all right casey go ahead what do you think um, happens with the tight ends in ab Gronk comes back for sure. I don't. I, I see Tom Brady and Gronkowski as a package deal. And even though his injuries have been a bit of an issue, you have to think last season he was fine. He played, if not every single game, he played every game but one or came out for half of one game. The guy said that his body was feeling better, and that's the only reason he came out of retirement. Now, if you want to talk about pride, I don't think anyone comes out of retirement to play two seasons and is injured for multiple games the second season. Like if he's going to retire, he's going to go out on a high note and Tom Brady's going to be the guy that keeps him in check to do so. So Gronk's definitely coming back. OJ Howard. I think he's a better fit for a different team. He just hasn't hit that, that spark yet for the bucks. He's had, you know, some quality plays, but he hasn't been the tight end that they actually drafted him to be. I know that he was dealing with his injuries, but I still think it's going to be a minute before he gets, you know, really going as as a tight end and plus they can't only rely on on Gronk to be their versatile tight end and so if Cameron breaks out the door in a year eventually that's something else looking down the line position wise they're going to have to get an all-around tight end in that position so that they can actually count on someone when Rob Gronkowski is gone yeah Am I interesting to Antonio yeah. Brown uh Antonio Brown's See, it's very hard because I always like to look at the personal relationship of these guys as well. I mean, where do you really realistically, where do you see Antonio Brown going if not staying with the Bucks? This is the team that's, you know, been with him through one of the toughest moments in his life. The team that actually had compassion and empathy during his legal situations. He looks at Tom Brady as family and a counterpart to kind of keep him on the right track. I would think of, of him as the kind of guy that wouldn't be money hungry and would just want to play football. I mean, that's what he says. It's all about just playing the game that he loves. So I can see Antonio back for, Antonio Brown back for another year. All right. Interesting. All right. Last two in the secondary Jordan Whitehead and Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's probably an easy one, but it's a big name and yeah. I knew people would bring it up. So I just threw him in there. What happens with Richard Sherman and Jordan Whitehead, JC? Yeah, throw Richard Sherman in a walker and push him down the street. See you later, Richard Sherman. Jeez, Thank what you. You got no speed. GMGC is ruthless. My I gosh. I'm just going to him as a coach. Listen, listen. Someone just said, what, what is just Listen, the cap's going up next year. They're going to have some money. They're, you know, they, they structured these contracts out so they, they're not taking huge, massive hits with the void years in, in each single year. You, Richard Sherman, seal. I mean, if you bring Carlton Davis back, you got your top three back. What do you need Carlton Davis for? You signed Ross Cockrell, so you got your top four back. You don't need Richard Sherman. Thank you for your service. Have a, have a great night. Hopefully, they won a Super Bowl ring and you got your ring. This next guy is someone who, before the season and in the offseason, I was like, yeah, they don't need him. 
they, they could they could move on with him. Completely changed my mind with his play this season. Has been a pivotal cornerstone to the secondary. I think Jordan Whitehead is probably the third most important free agent on this team. That wow. You need to uh, I'm looking at Gawain Davis and then Jordan Whitehead. I think you can make do on the offensive line with a guy like Robert Haynes, even though we haven't seen him. I take the coaches and the players at their word for how well he's been pro- progressing. Uh, also, those 12 snaps against Miami. Don't forget those, John. And uh, I think guard, you can find another guard as well. I think if you're looking at what this team has and, and now the reputation, now, now players are going to want to come here. You know, players have already started to want to come here. Well, now you have an offseason, you got holes to fill. You didn't have holes to fill. So even if players wanted to come here this year, there was nowhere to, to put them, really, because you, you brought everybody back. Next year, completely different scenario situation, depending on how far they how far they go into the playoffs, let alone if they win a Super Bowl. I think this team will be able to attract free agents, A, no matter what, beautiful weather, Tom Brady, Winning culture, winning organization, no state tax. And I think that you'll be able to bring other guys in here. But Jordan Whitehead, to me, I think he's hard. He's a harder player to replace in this defense, in this system, because of the type of safety he is. And from for that reason, I think he's he's probably right on the borderline of, of one of the top safeties in the league for what he does. And I think that he is very pivotal for this defense. And for that reason, he's definitely staying. And he's my third priority going into the offseason after after CD and and, and uh, CG. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Jordan Whitehead. So this is really confusing because if he's one of the top safeties in the league, is he getting paid in the 15 to 17 mil a year category? That is no chance that happens in my opinion. But Jamal Adams is the highest paid safety in the league. And he's not even good, so that makes it really hard to figure out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, he's, well, he's franchise, kind of good, but he's not. He's not worth being paid. The franchise tag this year was 10 million for safeties. Next year, it should project to be 13 million. So I think you can get him somewhere in between there, maybe, maybe even less, depending on the length of years, guaranteed money, and how yeah. much you how much you put up front. Yeah, I can't see him at more than 10 a year, but that would be right in the range you're talking about. So interesting. Uh, he'll be fascinating one to see how the season finishes for. Casey, yeah. what are your thoughts on Jordan Whitehead and Richard Sherman to close this thing out? Um, I definitely think Richard Sherman's out. I think he's he hasn't really done much. I know that, you know, he was in for what, two games before getting injured. And then, you know, you don't know what the return's going to look like. And uh, he's also somebody who's up there in age. So Richard Sherman's out. It would be great if they bring him back as a coach, because we all saw that a lot of people, you know, really love seeing him in that coaching position and he was helpful as for Jordan Whitehead. This one's tough. I don't hold him as high on the pedestal as JC does, but He's obviously been a pivotal help for this defense, but I also think it's because of the position that this defense has been put in since the top of the season. So, you know, Jordan Whitehead has been a key asset to this team. I think he's replaceable, especially if he's going to want to get paid. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good thoughts and analysis from both of you. You've got people, you know, you somebody write it down. JC's team, what do you think is going to happen in the offseason? <laughs> Casey, this is who they think will not be bucks. So these are early predictions. It's midseason, there's a lot still to learn. But this is their midseason predictions. We're going to get uh, Scott and Matt in here to give their thoughts as well. But first, a message from our friends at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track. So you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead.
go do it. Go to Colorado, right? Do it. How are you gonna How are you gonna do that? Well, you're gonna do that by calling our friends over at Immuni Financial and visiting their website, Immuni. Dot com. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial at 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Visit Immuni.com. I can speak from experience, fellas. I'm an Immuni client and extremely happy with the service and attention to detail I have over there with David and, and Mark. And, and my investments are in very good hands. So give them a call. There you go. All right, let's get through it. Uh, we got a lot of free agents to talk about today. Scott and Matt, you both were waiting in the wings, yeah. listening to JC. That's right. JC, it what all do you starts think? Who did with, it? with QB1 for the future, <laughs> which, John, I, I noticed you omitted. I mean, nobody's perfect. I, I, well, yeah, I the just heck, was going to offer, offer it to you, Scott. I was only okay. going to let you comment in case you'd be angered by someone else's opinion on free yeah, agents. Yeah, I mean, right I, I, I get the fact that Kyle Trask was drafted in the second round. He's got some some uh you know draft credentials working in his favor but we have not seen enough of Kyle Trask what we have seen is the fact that Blaine Gabbert is uh is undefeated the Buccaneers are undefeated when Blaine Gabbert has an appearance this year and um you know uh I I just I think it's hard to debate that yeah he's I'm not saying he's the top priority but he's up there so let's just okay so Blaine Gabbert's back we all agree right yeah. All right, let's move to the Correct. less important free agents like Chris Godwin. Uh, you've first of all, both of you, as you, as you answer, as you get into the Chris Godwin conversation, we talk about this a little bit. What did you think about Casey and JC? What did you both bad? Scott, you're out on both of their takes. I, I did Enough not bad from both. I of didn't them. agree with 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 Godwin getting the franchise tag again. Um, I agreed. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think they're going to use it on Carlton Davis, um, okay. in, and really for the for the reason to give Carlton one year. Right as as a as a approve it year approve it year exactly because this year you're only going to get half a season and you're you're trying to to make a long term projection on last year and then half of the year this year so um, I think the Bucks are going to have enough cap room to do that Matt where they're going to be able to look at at Chris Godwin um, and and I thought Casey was right on about that where they've already started negotiations Godwin's having a really good year if he ends up healthy and over a thousand yards. I think they look at it and say, you know what, man, John, two out of the last three years, Godwin has mm-hmm. gone over a thousand yards, led the team in catches, touchdown yeah. production is great. He's legit. So I, I think that I think the framework is being done on a long-term deal that's executed after the season. But yeah. the franchise tag, not going to go in Chris Godwin, it's going to go in Carlton Davis for the same reason they did Shaq Barrett. Okay, they, they want to see one more year that prove a year that Matt's talking about. So you both you think both are back though, Scott? I do. Yes, both are back. Okay, I agree with you on both. I think Chris Godwin is. I think they wanted to do a long term deal. I mean, we know they wanted to do a long term deal yeah. with Chris Godwin this past off season. I don't even know if it was. It was somewhat. You're right, Scott, because of the health. You're know, not playing every game. Maybe you know it wasn't like they wanted to go 19 million. Obviously, like otherwise that probably would have got done. Um, and the wide receiver market dipped like crazy last year. I think yeah. Godwin was like, all right, hold off. I'm going yeah. to play on this tag. Like, I'm going to take right. my chances. I'm going to get paid on this tag, and then I'm going to hit the market, and I'm going to 
push the 20 million barrier. And I think he will this offseason. And I think the Bucs will pay it. I think they, I know everybody's like, oh, Mike Evans and AB, and you're paying two wide receivers a lot of money, at least with Evans and Godwin. Now nah, he's that valuable, that important to the team. Culturally, right. what they do, it makes a lot of sense. Matt, you agree? Yeah, so Scott and John, what I was going to say is when I look at the the big three, essentially, as you portrayed it, John, with Chris Godwin, Ryan Jensen, and Carlton Davis, when I look at these guys, I'm thinking, obviously, the financial part of it, but I look at it more as, like, how valuable is each player to the offense or defense? And I just feel like with Chris mm. Godwin, he's almost getting to a point where he's irreplaceable in this offense for what he can do playing in the slot mm. So versatile. I would say versatile. I guess it's versatile. And just like he does it so almost nonchalantly in a way where he's like he's leading the team in receiving yards again, but everyone else is getting attention. But what Chris Godwin does, he's worth all that money. And that's why I think he's so important. Especially in the run game, too. As yeah, that I slot mean, blocker. And he, yeah, he blocks. He can take handoffs and stuff as, as uh, he's proven now this mm -hmm. season, too. And to RB1. your point, Scott, about Carlton Davis proving it, giving him that Shaq Barrett uh, franchise tag for one season. I mean, you look at some of the highest paid corners in the league for uh, average annual value, like Jalen Ramsey's at the top, $20 million. Right. Uh, Then you go Marshawn Lattimore, 19.5. Marlon Humphrey's the same number. You go down to like the top five, you got Xavier Howard at $15 million. Yeah. Are we really saying that Carlton Davis is a $15 million cornerback? I really like Carlton Davis, but I don't yeah. think he's in that top five yet. He's proving himself to right. be that shutdown corner that the Buccaneers need. But of course, with the injuries, that plays a whole different you know scenario into this whole thing. So I think that's really important to look at when you're deciding through these players. I think you're yeah. exactly right. Godwin's importance to the team matters. He's going to get the long-term deal. With Davis, I, I agree with you again, Matt. It's, it's a situation where... Shutdown cornerbacks are hard to find, right? They don't yes. grow in trees. You can draft one, but your chances of getting a Jalen Ramsey out of the gate as a rookie are few and far between. And so you have to grow corners, right? Uh, they they do grow on trees, but it takes a couple of years, right? And you got to plant the tree. So I, I I think that that he's too valuable to escape Tampa, but I I think they like him a little bit better at the fifteen million dollar range. But I think they're willing to overpay for a year just to to have that sure. one year, so they're not locked into him for a long term. Unless they go to him and say, "Hey, we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll give you long term security." Because I, listen, I've done this for twenty six years. I know that there are players out there that have taken deals, not not so much taking less money to stay because they they like the team, but they like the security. They like the fact that sure. that the gosh, I got injured last year. If I'm on a one-year deal again, what happens if I get injured again? Gosh, two years in a row, my my market value tanks. So, mm -hmm. so that, that could be a situation where they go to Carlson before they franchise and say, "Listen, we're thinking about franchising you, but we've got you pegged around fourteen and a half, fifteen million per year." Yeah. What do you think over four years? And maybe he I says, mean, yeah. "I'm in. I'll do it and, because of that security." And with just one more thing, uh, one more point I want to make too. Let's face it: the Bucks are six and two, and it's great, and they sure want Carlton Davis more than more than they could really ask for, but they've gotten by without Carlton Davis, where if Chris Godwin was out and it was just Mike Evans at receiver and AB kept keeps doing the like, he'll play a little bit, then get hurt and then play again. I think the Bucs would much rather sign up for what they have going on right now 
versus losing Chris Godwin and having Carlton Davis for, for this whole season. That's just my thought, but I, yeah. I think the box would agree yeah. with that. I too. mean, wide receiver is the most important other than quarterback. It's yes. the most important position in Bruce Aaron's offense. Not and Bruce has said that. Right. And not only to have one guy, but to have multiple guys that yeah. you get to that point, you have to pay multiple guys, a lot of money. And then you fill out the rest of them. And they've done that with Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller's drafting, and they'll continue to do that. We'll talk about AB in a little bit, but to me, you got to bring back Chris Godwin, man. You cannot let that. Yeah. People, oh, Tyler Johnson's good. He ain't ever going to be Chris Godwin. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just yeah. sorry. Like, that's not a knock. It's just yeah. Chris Godwin to me is a top 10 receiver in the NFL. And I think that that, that he deserves to be paid. I like think that the thing is, Tyler Johnson is Chris Godwin's shadow. And by that, I yeah. mean, he, he, he looks the same. He looks very similar, same type of player. But he's behind, right? Your shadow's always behind you. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I, th- I think that Chris Godwin's A and Tyler Johnson's B, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, and yeah, Godwin's just it's such an important player for them. And to me, the tag just makes a lot of sense for Carlton Davis before his injury. Now, after his injury, it really makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, it makes sense for him too. I don't think it's going to be like offensive to him. I think it's going to be like, right. all right, you know, I need to I need to show what I can do and hit the market healthy. And if it's the Bucks that end up giving me a big deal, great. Right. I do think the Bucks offer him something. I think they offer him. You know, they look at the, you know, okay, you know, look at this thirteen million dollar year. Dory Jackson just got that, and yep. you know, you know, Shaquille Griffin and like William Jackson got that in free agency from Washington. That's right. the range he's he's in that kind of a range, I think, yep. until he proves otherwise. So, hey, would you be interested in twelve, thirteen million a year? And and we'll you know structure it in a way that you know the, you get those. Make sure the fourth year is guaranteed. You're not going to get released. Right. I think that is a possibility, and he could yes. he could agree to that depending on what his situation he feels like is. Uh, long term but um yeah uh, that that's how i see it maybe bruce probably didn't give him much leverage though when he said multiple times he think carnay was the top five ten corner in the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you, you, you could see Double my greenberg stares me off going shut your mouth yeah, exactly. shut, they shut. run the tape back on that one it yeah. might not go jason's like no, no, no. yeah you couldn't say top 15 bruce yeah, like, yeah exactly <laughs> um ryan jensen what happens with him this offseason probably the in my opinion well first of all do you think he's the third most valuable free agent uh talking about here and um, do you think he's back? Well, third, I mean, are you counting Blaine Gabbard in that? Because Okay, yes. Is after Blaine Gabbard, uh, okay. would he be no, the fourth? It's one? Blaine Gabbard and everyone else. Yeah, well, so, yeah, yeah. if we're being honest, yes. But I, I think that Ryan Jensen um, is, is going to stick with Tom Brady. I think that, that they like that combination. Those two guys have worked incredibly well together in terms of protections. Um, yeah, I mean, say what you want about Ryan Jensen. Sometimes the snaps are high. Tom Brady's six foot five. He can go up and get it. We haven't seen disaster strike yet. And, and I think those Aaron snaps are a little few and far between. But I think Ryan Jensen is critical. And, and to take the chance of disrupting that chemistry on offense between the, the guy who touches the ball on every play, Ryan Jensen, and the other guy who touches the ball on every play, Tom Brady, uh, is, is foolhardy for what would be Brady's, what, last year in Tampa, you know? Um, Maybe or or maybe two more years. So I I I think it's worth approaching Jensen with a, a, a modest two year deal. You know, uh, somewhere around the neighborhood we was making right now, ten million a year is fine with me. Uh, I'd love him a little bit less if if possible, but he, I think he's playing at a really high level still. Mm, and he is. and at some point in time, he's going to have an injury, and the play is just going to fall off the cliff. Mm. I don't know if it happens this year, next year, or the year after, whatever, but. He's getting up there in age. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. The short-term deal, I think I think that offensive line unit, they get along so well together, very tight-knit on and off the field. I think Ryan Jensen's motivated maybe to go out with Tom Brady and have that be his last year, whenever that is, a year or two from now. 
one of the interesting things to consider here, if it is a two-year deal, and he'll be 31 when next season starts, if it is a two-year deal, it's probably a void year situation yes. for the Bucs. They are, you know, that that's the there's not other years to push it to as much with the deal right. like that. So something to keep in mind when we're talking about that. But I agree with you. That's what makes the most sense, I think, is to try and keep him around. Probably stays at about the rate that he's at now, I would think. Yeah. Does he want that? Does he want a four-year deal somewhere else where he's gonna get more money long term? You know, or does he want it, or does he say, you know what, I'm probably only gonna play two more years? Yeah. The way I play, my body's gonna fall apart. Yeah, at that point. Exactly. So, yeah. Matt, what do you think about Ryan Jensen? Right. I think that's a big question with Jensen, is it comes down to can the Bucks get him with the short deal, like a two-year deal, as you guys just mentioned, or if it's gonna be the four-year deal, a little more money. He's uh about seventh highest in the league right now in terms of centers getting paid for average annual uh, value. I think, too, we've seen since Tom Brady has been in Tampa, uh, he's not really afraid to lobby or politic to get some of his guys, whether it's been Antonio Brown or getting Leonard Fournette, or putting in a call to Richard Sherman. And Ryan Jensen, I think, falls into that category of he's a Brady guy. Tom Brady's going to want him no matter what. So he'll bang on the table to be like, no, we need Ryan Jensen back. And again, as I mentioned before, I think it comes into, okay, if you're not going to keep this guy, how do you replace him? And I think with Jensen, obviously Alex Kappa is in the discussion because they're, they're, they're the two offensive linemen that um, could potentially leave in free agency. And if Jensen's like, okay, I want more money. Well, if I'm not here, who are you going to replace me with? And it's like, okay, well, you have a rookie in Robert Hainsey, but that's a lot of trust in a guy that we haven't really seen play too much, and he missed some of um, you know training camp and the preseason. Where Kappa, if Kappa goes, hey, I want more money or I want a big contract, the Bucs can go say, well, we have Aaron Stinney. We won a Super Bowl with him while you were injured. So Kappa doesn't really have too much of a bargaining chip right then and there. And then also the Hainsey thing, while – Jensen would use that in his argument. The Bucs could use Hainsey in an argument of, well, we have Hainsey for a second year. If we can re-sign Stinney, then we have Hainsey as like a potential future interior offensive lineman. I know they're training him at center, but he could just move to guard almost yeah. just as easily too. So I think that is where um, well, it, yeah. it's in the Bucks' best interest to bring back Jensen because mm -hmm. with a guy like Kappa, you have a lot more options. Yeah, and sure it's important do. to remember Hainsey was a right tackle every single snap in college. He didn't play any other positions right. in college. Yeah. So it would be such you're a already risk. moving him, but you're such trying to also ask him to be the center to for Tom center, Brady, yeah. right? Like that yeah. to me, that, that, like that's, trying that's, that's to have him play guard is easier. That, that's something where Tom Brady uses some clout and tells Jason Light, <laughs> yeah. no. I'm not. not I want my not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, Stinney can't snap either. He's, so you have two guard right. options in Hainsey right. and Stinney. You don't exactly. really have another center. There, there are right a now. ton of options, and we can just skip right to Alex Kappa. Um, yeah, just since we're, we're, we're kind of doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hainsey, Stinney, John Molchan, Nick Lever. Another, another so free good. agent off the street for three mil. There's guards yeah, all right. over the place. They, they have so this many good. options at guard. They're so deep there with guys that they like. Now, some of these guys are unproven, but they like them, and they keep they keep a guy like Molchan around. This is, mm -hmm. I think, his third year uh, where they're keeping him around, and, and they love Leverett and Hutchinson. So um, I, I think they're stocked to guard. I, I don't see any scenario where Kappa comes back. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with you. To me, just – Financially, doesn't make sense. You're already going to be pinching pennies. If you want to bring back those three big dogs, 
you know, you already have your work cut out for you got a bunch of one years you want to get done. You're looking at void years. Kappa is not a guy you want to be paying in four years. Uh, just not. I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's gotten so much better. I love the culture fit. We can't resign everybody. I know we said it last year, but this year, it's <laughs> and then they did. Can't literally resign everyone. I don't think this year. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, listen for the Tampa people out there that, that have followed the Tampa Bay Lightning, like myself. Um, sorry, I'm on with you, Pittsburgh peeps. But, but the, the thing that Lightning did was they won the cup. They brought everybody back, right? They added a piece or two, and they won the cup, right? The, the third year, it becomes fiscally impossible for that to happen. You can't ramp up for a third year. You just can't. The, the economics don't work. That's why you saw, um, you know, of course, Yanni Gord left with the, with the Kraken in the expansion draft. Tyler Johnson had to go. Um, Blake Coleman had to go. Shattenkirk had to go. Savard had to go. They, 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 they couldn't afford to keep everybody. So then what happens is you just you kind of funnel it down to your core nucleus guys and and then and then add in some some cheaper pieces in year three. And, and I think the Bucks are, are gonna follow the exact same script next year with the Lightning. You're gonna see some very familiar faces go bye-bye. And I think Alex Cap is one of those guys for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Matt, you agree? Yeah, it was a great point. It's yeah. just uh, the amount of people you can replace Alex Kappa with completely outweighs the the Ryan yeah. Jensen. You can board. reload one time, but you're not going to be able to to reload again. You're going to have to to rebuild yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you can you can replace a right guard in the Bucks offensive line. No doubt. Center. You're talking about snaps and blocks. That's two things. To Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the to key. Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about Jason Pierre-Paul. They're going to be 33 years old. The injury history is significant and yeah. it's starting to just become annual stuff. There was bodies, his body, the way he plays is going to probably give out on him at some point. Yep. I don't think he's going to retire though. He said he wants to play yeah. till he's old. And the problem is he will continue to get money because of who he is in the locker yeah. room from someone he, as a leader, he'll continue to get money. How much, how long term Yeah, that complicates things for his free agency. Right, Scott? They, they, it does. They, they love him. Um, but are you getting JPP the cheerleader or are you getting JPP the effective edge rusher, right? You want mm -hmm. both, but it comes at a cost. You draft the Joe Tryon Shoinka, and we're seeing what's happening right now. Joe Tryon Shoinka with, with a, an unforgivable criminal eight snaps against the Saints game where, yes, Jason Pierre-Paul broke up several passes, but you know what? Those were on screens, and that's yeah, what unblocked. they're supposed to do. They're supposed to not block you. Right, let you come off the field and then dump it over, you know, the head to the running back. So, yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul got pressures in the game, but it wasn't meaningful. And he's like you said, John. The injuries have really caught up to him. I love Jason Pierre-Paul. He's a warrior. He's a throwback player. He really appeals to me. I don't like the price tag. I don't like the fact that having him in the starting lineup at that price tag prevents Joe Tryon Shoinka from being in the starting lineup. Joe Tryon Shoyinka is the future. He's the first mm -hmm. round pick. He showed enough glimpses to get you excited. He's not getting any better on the bench. You gotta play him. And I think you, if you bring back JPP, you have to start him next year. And that means another year on the bench for Joe Tryon Shoyinka, and you're doing the kid a disservice. Hmm. Okay, so JPP gone in your gone. opinion. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said, Scott. I was going to use the term like everyone loves JPP. He's a warrior, and that's awesome that he's fighting through all these injuries, but. At some point, you just want a healthy warrior. You right. know, you, you want someone that's going to be there the whole time. And I think it's commendable what JPP is doing. But, like, at, where, when do we get to the point where it's like, hey, this is great that you're playing through injuries, but we got a guy that's healthy and younger and faster and can pretty much provide 
essentially the same amount of impact that you can JPP. And, um, cause he's healthy. Kinda, right. Exactly. <laughs> and kind of what, uh, JC was talking about earlier where, um, I don't think JPP is just going to be like, yeah, I'll come back and just have a lesser role and be a backup. That doesn't really strike not JPP's MO. And if he did do that, I feel like it would just create this weird awkwardness and tension in, in the locker room that is not unnecessary. And I'm not saying JPP is like, uh, you know, a bad person at all. He's the he first guy to, to start yeah. rooting for everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. He just wants to play and the direction that the Bucks are going when they're going to need that double digit contract that jpp has right now they're going to need it to sp spend money on all these other players yeah it seems like just the right type of move for him to not return next season here's what i think i think you guys are right about the contract jp's is <laughs> making 12.5 mil a year right now that's yeah. obviously not going to be anywhere close to what he makes on his next contract right because of the injuries the decline in production the physical i mean his age all of it i don't see jpp's situation is that dissimilar from where Justin Houston's been at, where Melvin Ingram was at this past offseason, where we saw all of a sudden Clay Matthews get to. Um, those guys, you know, they were, okay, we're just available. Here we are late yeah. in the summer, and they're still available. I think is going to want to see what his market is, to see if he can get more money on, a, on another chain with a chance of winning. Right. I don't think he's going to get it as hell I agree. all of it. I think so. I think he could come back, might come back in the late summer, in the right? process, yeah, yeah on a one-year Finish it out, and what, I think it's going to be cheap. What I think five it's million? Be that kind of a deal, maybe, and maybe that's million? with incentives. I, yeah. you know, I, I think that's the oh, what's going to happen. You're there. right. You nailed it, John. Incentives. It's going to be yeah. per game incentives because of the health issues and stuff like that. No doubt. If he were to come back in that situation, totally agree. I just, I'm not sure. I see anybody going. Oh yeah, hey, we want you for three years right. to be our starter at ten million a year. I, I don't know that I see. There's that always happening. a team that overpays, though. There's always a team maybe, that yeah. maybe. Hey, but JPP, usually it's for a younger player. Usually it's right. for a younger player. You think has oh yeah. they can they can be you know this for they're 29 or 28 and they can be. I don't know that that's going to be the case with him. So he's a fascinating discussion for sure, especially to see how his health finishes out the year. The other thing that shoulder does he need surgery in the offseason? Right. And if he does, nobody's going to. I mean, they want to see what that looks like in the body yeah, like his right. at his age. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of caveats with Jason Pierre-Paul. Yep. Let's go double whammy. Will Golston and Dominican Sue. Matt, what do you think happens with Will Golston and Dominican Sue? Will Golston's the man. He's been through a thousand different defenses uh, during his tenure with the Bucs. I really don't see him leaving. Um, he fits really well. He gets the defense. Um, uh, he loves playing for Todd Bowles. Sue. I think, you know, and Duncan Sue said something a couple weeks ago I thought was very interesting. He said, when I decide to retire, it's going to be because of a mental thing, not because I can't physically do it anymore. I think everyone just assumes that Duncan Sue is going to retire because he's got all the financial things going on. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But part of me feels like Duncan Sue still wants to play next season for whatever reason. Um, if he decides to play... I don't think he goes anywhere else, anywhere else besides the Bucks. And if he retires, hats off to you. Incredible career. Um, I think they're both back if they both – well, Golson, I think, will continue to keep playing. Um, if Sue wants to play, I think he'll be back with the Bucks. Because, again, if Sue's not there, yeah, you got Vita Vea, Will Golston, solid backup guys like Nacho. But that's a drop-off if, if Ndamukong Sue isn't, isn't back and knows where the Bucks go in the draft. But um, – it would definitely be a drop yeah. off if he's not there. This one's hard. I mean, Golson to me is easy that he's clearly back. He's young yeah. enough and he's not, he doesn't have a lot of snaps on his body because of his right. role. He's gotten better. Perfect as he's aged. 
Yeah, perfect hit, fit. At five more to six years. million dollars per year, which is what right. he's making right now. That's that's not fine. really that's, on the not on the national radar enough right. to generate you know to drive up your price much. So yeah. I think he's easily back. Uh, Sue is hard because if his asking price is the seven eight mil range, I mean Sue's still a really good run defender, yeah. but he isn't a pass rusher. He hasn't been for years. Yeah, so right. I, you know, I just I don't think, in my opinion, that he's really uh, not that he's not worth. I mean, whatever in terms of relative worth, but just look at the box situation. They've got a lot of people to pay. And Sue is older, and he's older. I mean, yeah. he's probably with McClendon not really playing much now, he's probably going to be right. the most defensive tackle to really play this year in the league. And so I think the time might come for that. How do you work that without doing more void years? And do you really want to start doing yeah. more void years for Indominus yeah. Sue? You got to be able to replace the player like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And, yeah, $9 million this season is is tough, right? I mean, he only, he only counts three. Yeah. So he's going to hit the cap for $6, six million next year uh, right. already. So I just, I and I, th- I think that if he were to come back, it would be for that six million. I think that that's the only yeah. way they 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 would do it and say we want you, but but we, when you come back, we're going to cut your snaps, we're going to cut your pay as a result, and and I I don't I don't think Adamica Sue is going to want to come back next year. I think he's done. After I think he should year. retire. Yeah. yeah, I think he will. He can retire. Yeah, there's a lot going on for him, man. He's got to make. Yep. He's got he's got he's ready to start that life outside of football. Yeah, I think. no doubt about it. But. I think I could be on the horizon for him. So, okay, that's what we see happening with the defensive tackles. Now the running backs. Scott, what do you think? Giovanni Bernard, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Who's gone? Who's back? Uh, I don't. I don't see any way Rojo comes back. I don't think they want him back. To be honest, he's 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 a liability in the passing game. I don't think he wants to come back. I think there's some bad blood there. He feels like he's not getting used. So th- th- this is one of those see ya type deals at the end of the season. They shake hands. They say goodbye. That's it. Sayonara. Um, I think Fournette, there is a chance, I think, that he knows this is a good fit. I think they're going to do the exact same thing as they did last year, which is you know, let him test the market. And listen, if you're Leonard Fournette and some team decides to have a brain fart and, and pay a running back like Todd Gurley, you know, like, like Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley, all these, all these uh, you know, deals that – they get done and these backs and them getting hurt. It's just it's it's like fool's gold. I I, I think that if, if he wants to come back another one year deal around three million dollars, they'll take him. If not, they'll draft a running back. They love Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, they don't they don't have to run the ball. We it's great that, that they have. It's mm-hmm. provided some balance. The first three weeks of the season, they literally did not run the ball. They still put up mm-hmm. points. They were two and one. Obviously, the only loss mm-hmm. was to the Rams. Geo maybe comes back. I would say as of right now, Gio probably comes back on a mm-hmm. on a veteran minimum deal. Rojo's he's, gone. He's so cheap, yeah. Yeah. And right. and Fournette's only back if it's one year, three year million. Yeah. Okay. Matt, you agree? Yeah. Uh Rojo, I, I like him as a runner, but he just he doesn't have a fit in this offense anymore. You can almost see it in Bruce Arians' yeah. face every time he gets a question about Rojo. You can see him like start to get angry on the on the inside. Uh I feel bad for Leonard. I'd feel bad for running backs in general because it, it, like the proof is in the pudding that you don't need to pay running backs, but it sucks when a guy plays so well and deserves a contract, but he's not going to get one because like financially it doesn't make sense. So yeah, yeah, I think with Leonard Fournette, it's like who else is really going to pay him so much teams have learned from the McCaffrey's and, and, and Saquon's and all of those deals. So uh, I think Lenny could be back just because again, yeah. the market's not there. And, and Gio Bernard is, is oh, a cheap you, deal to begin with. And trust so. me, Jason Light learned from the Doug Martin deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to see him give a multi-year deal to a running back again. 
Uh, and he's not afraid to, to draft a running back. I mean, the Jeremy, McNich- Jeremy well, McNichols still right, didn't work and out. That's the other side. Rojo's been okay. Like, they drafted Vaughn. You know, they'll just they'll draft. Well, yeah, the why back not? In the why not take a risk with the with the running back in the draft? Yeah. You know, if you already have one veteran guy there, and you get another rookie, and you know they turn it into something awesome. If not, you're you know <laughs> you're in something the same boat that awesome. you're in. I got something awesome right. for you guys. It's called mybookie.ag. When I gamble, what? I'm always looking for a way to get the edge. But in my bookie, they double your first deposit. So when you start, you're going to start with the leg up. Use the promo code Pewter to sign up now. Claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie. Use your extra funds to kickstart your winning season. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue with streaking uh, in San Francisco and, and, and with the two – Top 10 offenses and the Titans and Rams, it's going to be toe-to-toe on, on Sunday night. We'll see how, how they do without uh, Derrick Henry. But you can safely smash the over in my bookie. Don't take my word for it. Head to my bookie. Sign up now using the promo code Pewter to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, good friends. Don't let friends win alone. So when you have your buddies, use the referral link so you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on their first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited, so redeem so all of your friends can join the party at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie using promo code Pewter. I think Geo's back. I think Leonard Fournette, I don't know because it depends a lot. Rojo's obviously gone. Um, Leonard Fournette, I don't know because it ultimately depends a lot on what the situation with Brady is because Fournette's not Rob Gronkowski. He's not in Dominican Sue. He's not Antonio Brown. He's young. It was so funny. I was listening back to the game broadcast with audio after the game the other day. And Troy Aikman's like, everybody's talking about, you know, Tom Brady found in the fountain of youth, but what about Leonard Fournette? I'm like, what about him? He's like 26 years old, right? Like, That's insane. What are, I don't know why people think he's so old, but it, it just was such a weird comment. And then he went on to say how, Fournette's like found this youthful invigoration, and I'm. Just it like, seems I don't know like he's been in the about. league for like a decade. <laughs> really, I I just I don't, I don't know. know. It feels I like he's been the in the league for Christian a very long McCaffrey, time. That same class, Dalvin Cook. Like, I, yeah. I, the the but, problem with Fournette is he's he'll be 27 next year, yeah. right? If if he gets the opportunity for any money, he's got to take it. He's that, he's got to go, right, and he's right. he's got to take it because the, he's yeah. only going to get one shot at a at a, a big contract. And he's if he can stay healthy, he's probably going to be the guy the rest of the season. And so that's right. a whole season to prove yourself rather than last year where he was going to get cut, you know, coming out of the right. bye. It's a healthy scratch. And then he had the four good playoff games. Sure. But, you know, it wasn't enough in team's mind to offer the, the bag. You know, still you're talking about five. What Kareem Hunt got six mil. Like, is he going to get more than that? I don't think any is any, you know, is the team going to pay him like an every down back? Is he going to get a big yeah. contract? I, I don't know. We'll see. We have a long way to go in the season. He has improved. I never thought, I didn't think that would happen. Um, he also likes it here and he, and he loves playing with Brady and he thinks the organization's done a lot for him. That yeah. could matter. I don't, at sure. his age, I just think it's not going to matter enough. So I, I'm guessing Fournette's not back. Um, but we'll see. There's a lot still to be determined about Lenny just because we got to see what his production looks like the rest of the way out, but he's going to price himself out. OJ Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. What happens with these three offensive weapons, Matt? Well, if Gronk wants to keep playing, he's obviously on those one-year deals. If if Gronk wants to play, I think Gronk will be back here. It wasn't like the worst cap hit um, when he resigned with the team, and I think he's shown when he's healthy um, how valuable he is to the team, both as a blocker and obviously in the red zone this year. He was he was great as a receiver up until getting hurt. Um, OJ Howard, I'm just I don't know. Yeah. I'm done with I'm done with the experiment. I just I just feel like especially in this offense, 
Like he could be great somewhere else because he could be a number one, two, or, or three target in another offense. But with this Buccaneers offense, that's just not really the case. He's had an opportunity with Gronk out these past couple games, and he did well in Philadelphia. Give him credit for that. I feel like half of his receptions are just screen play, so it's not like he's yeah. doing things to really get open. Um, so I, I think you let OJ go. You have Camp right there, and I think you can get away too with you know the Bucks would love another blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. You can find a guy late in the draft or some of these other undrafted. Yeah. free agents that, you know, yeah, try out in training camp. Mm-hmm. A.B. is really the interesting one um, because the Bucks got him for over $3 million. I'm not totally sure what he would get on the market for this upcoming offseason because when he's played, he's been incredible. I think we can all <laughs> agree to that. He's been tremendous. Um, but now there's been a little bit of an injury history, and you obviously have to factor in all of his off-the-field off stuff. Do you believe that? He's gone enough amount of time where it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for every team to decide. Um, obviously, if he gets a bigger, like if teams want to give him a lot more money, I think the Bucks are like, all right, well, we they have Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, still finding out what you can get with him. I think AB walks in that situation. If you get him again for around that $3 million mark, we obviously know his relationship with Tom Brady. Then he's right back here. It just depends how much of that difference uh, that teams are going to want to pay him for that I think it comes down to. Yeah. Gronkowski, I, I think there's there's too many marketing opportunities for Gronk, right? Not Rob Gronkowski, but for Gronk. Whether yeah. it's wrestling, whether it's commercials, he's got a brand. And I think him winning another Super Bowl with Brady in Tampa has just peaked it even more. I, I think there's more off-the-field things he can pursue. I think he does that. Uh, I think he, I think he comes back and says, "Hey Tampa, I'll play for nine million again." They're like, "No, not nine million. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, we can't afford to do that because we had to, we had to pay other guys. You're not, you're not as high on the pecking order." Um, I think Brady will want Gronk back, but I think at the end of the day, this rib injury, um, you know, we had, we had yeah, a it's a tough one. It is, and Gronk retired because of injuries in yeah. New England. Now he had a great year. It felt felt new, won a Super Bowl, and all that stuff. All of a sudden, wham. You break some ribs, you puncture a lung. This is not fun, right? It wasn't fun him getting re-injured again, especially with the back, uh, you know, uh, spasms and all that. I, and, I think this is a signal to him that, it, and he doesn't need to prove year. anything. He's got Correct. the Super Bowls, he's got the individual accolades. He's a future Hall of yeah. Famer. He literally, especially like you said, winning the Super Bowl with the Bucks last yeah. season. He literally has nothing else to prove. Yep, I agree with you, Matt. The OJ Howard experiment is is going to come to an end. Um, listen, there's going to be a team out there that's going to make Jason Light very happy because there's a team that's going to look at OJ Howard, look at the highlights. Oh, he's reel. so athletic. Like, yeah. we there, can, he, we can change. He looks like corner. Adonis. He, you know, he looks the part. Um, the highlight reel is Man. great, but it's yeah. really short. But um, on, on with his age, with with um, projections, someone's going to cash in on yeah. on you know on uh, on paying him money, and then that's going to help the Buccaneers when it comes to compensatory draft yeah. picks. So Jason's yeah. going to be like, "That's great. Give me a third rounder for OJ Howard." Essentially, uh, yeah. AB general managers around the league are savvy enough to know that. In this bubble, in this cocoon with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, the AB experiment is working. But it didn't work in the, at the end of the road in Pittsburgh. It didn't work in in uh, what was it Oakland at the time? I think in it was the last last year. Raiders, yeah, Raiders with the Raiders. It didn't work, right? So it's like if we take AB out of this Raiders. bubble, 
is it going to still work without the support system that he's used to in Tampa? I don't think so. That's why I think general managers can look at his age, his injuries and say, yeah. I'd love to, if this was Madden, I would make the trade. Like I, I would, I would sign him. Right. But, but this isn't Madden. This is real world football. Yeah. And I, I, I think they, I think AB returns to Tampa because this is a wide receiver, wide receiver driven offense. They want him back. And uh, it might be for five, six million, probably a one year deal yeah. again. Yeah, AB's going to be 34 next year. Uh, he's still an absolute baller, but the injuries yeah. matter uh, at this point. Yeah. And it's been banged up a good bit now, a couple things. And so there's no way I think he's he gets a raise, though. I, I think years. they, yeah, if you get a raise, yeah. uh, more incentives and more easier yep. to hit incentives, or the incentives are more likely to hit. You yep. know, all those things are possible. The Bucks are kind of in this perfectly sweet spot where it's clearly a great situation. He's clearly yeah. too old to get a big contract and a lot of money somewhere else, but he's perfect for them. Here's my yeah. take. You guys don't have to react to it. I think, I think Antonio Brown is the mo- more valuable, more important for this team to bring him back than even Ryan Jensen. That's my take. I know everybody won't agree with it, but I think it's yep. that important to bring him back. Him, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Those three is the wide receivers with Brady. I think it's easier to replace the center than to replace three wide receivers that dynamic, that much of a matchup challenge for other teams. I think Gronkowski will retire. We'll see. Yeah. Obviously, we're growing recency bias there, but if he's great at the end of the season and 100% healthy and no pain, we'll see. The, the other thing, too, we're, we're, yeah, real quick on the tight ends, they like Deion Felder. He was actually active for the other, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the other week's game. Uh, they have him in the hopper. They've spent two years now trying to develop Cody McElroy. He's still sticking around. I, I think that he's coming around. They've got some options. The tight end's really devalued in this offense. It's a wide receiver-driven offense, so they got some options in-house. All right, quickly, we all think Richard month. Sherman's gone, right? Yes. And uh, yeah. Jordan Whitehead, what do we think? Real quickly, just yes or he's back or not? I don't think so, unless, unless it's a super cheap deal. He hits free agency because of the injuries, because of his lack of size, because maybe some people say he's a scheme safety. Um, if his market's devalued for those reasons, he can come back on a on a one or two year cheap yeah. deal. But he's not going to break the bank at all. He's he's still young enough. He's got the starting experience. He's only yeah. missed a couple of real games due to injury. I think he's going to price himself out, Matt. I think Whitehead is the perfect candidate as the example of a guy who was a big contributor to a team that won a Super Bowl. Other teams see that, and he gets the bag for probably more money than maybe the Dexter Jackson that he Dexter should Jackson get. Deal. That yeah. that he should get, yeah. but another team will pay him that money. And uh, kudos to you if, if you get that bag. So I think he's a prime candidate for that. So he won't be back. Yeah, I uh, I like him, but I don't think it's gonna happen. All right, great stuff. We got through the roundtable tomorrow. We talked to Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He's the cap expert. He tells us how the heck are we making all this work? The Bucks only have so much cap space. How are we gonna bring back the guys we think are gonna come back? Is it possible? Is it not? Tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll have Brad on the channel. Very excited to talk to him, get his thoughts and opinions on whether this is realistic for the Bucks and what they have to do to bring back some of their top priorities. So if you want to know what's possible this upcoming offseason for the for the Bucks, just like he did last year brad will give us the lowdown and i think he's going to be spot on just like he was last year with talking about this stuff for so we're excited about it for casey and jc for scott for matt i'm john ledger thanks so much for listening and watching subscribe to the pewter report and thanks so much for listening and watching to another edition of the pewter report podcast out out